Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Always fun to talk hoops with our next guest. He's a world champ. He's also the father of a world champion. He calls games for the Los Angeles Lakers. Get his thoughts on the Lakers and the West and what's going on in hoops this year. Michael Thompson joins us. Michael, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show. Well, i got to correct you and Tom, and you and Adam, because yep. I am not a world champ. I am an NBA champ. I didn't win a world championship in the Lakers. Okay, Pop. Champ. Okay, Popovich. <laughs> just stop. You know, just let it go. Okay? Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. I, get enough. I, I get enough of that at home. I don't need it from you. Okay? I know. That's one of my pet peeves, calling the NBA <laughs> champ and the world champ, as if we play teams from around the world. That's Super Bowl world champ. I love that one, too. I'm like, we're like the only country that plays football like that. Uh, we only we call exactly. it football when they were world, world yeah. champs. We invented the game. Yeah. Okay. And you know we what? Shouldn't call them the world champs. We shouldn't call them the world champs at least until they, until they play the team from the CFL. That winner. That would be called the North American champions. <laughs> Confederations Cup, like uh, European you know soccer, that, right? By the letter of the law, you're absolutely correct. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and stake my reputation with little I have left that those '80s Lakers teams that won world championships would have beat anybody else in the world. Do you buy that? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we probably would have beat teams from the European League. But you never, well, in a seven-game series, and one game, who knows? You might have lost one game, but in a seven-game series, yeah, the NBA champion will should beat teams from the Euro League, from the Spanish League or French League. Usually the Spanish League is the second-best league in the world. So I imagine if the Warriors played, the Warriors from last year played, I don't know, FC Barcelona or, or Barcelona, I think the team that uh, Luca used to play for, I'm pretty sure they'd win the seven-game series there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say yeah, yeah. Spe- on that especially too. back in the uh, the 80s. What do you make sense of the NBA uh, this year, specifically the Western Conference? I mean, it's really Denver and kind of everybody else now that Memphis is sliding back down. I mean, they, it's amazing to see these teams win two games in a row, move up five spots, lose two games in a row, slide down five spots. It's going to be a wild ride, but what do you make of it from here on out? Oh, it's great. It's fun. It's the way it, it makes it more interesting because if you have one team that's, you know, 15 games ahead of everybody else, then you automatically think, well, that team's going to get to the finals as long as they're healthy. But this way, it's wide open, and whoever's going to be starting to play the best in May and the month of May is going to get to the finals. So it's wide open for anyone in the top uh, uh, 10 teams. Even the play-in tournament teams have a chance. In terms of, of how bunched up it is, uh, yeah, you said the month of uh, month of April and May there, when it comes down the stretch, it's going to be, you know, the, the teams that get hot, it's going to be like a baseball team. Seems like it's going to be a bunch of teams going head-to-head trying to jump each other to get into uh, and out of that play-in tournament. How high can the Lakers get? Nice win for them on Saturday over the Warriors. I thought D'Angelo Russell looked real good in his return to the Lakers. Uh, how high can they get? Because it's tough to sort of recalibrate our brains now as to who each and every one of these teams are in the West after the trade deadline. Well, with 20-something games left, they're only three games behind the uh, seventh-place Pelicans right now. It's uh, only like to see. We got uh, two more, three more losses in the loss column than the Pelicans. So the Lakers are revamping the team that they have, getting deeper, bigger, more versatile. If they can stay healthy, keep LeBron uh, his foot healthy and, and AD. They got a chance to go on a little, say, 7 out of 10, 
seven wins out of ten run here and get right back in the mix and get the top seven? I thought they did a fantastic job kind of turning a lackluster bench and depth unit into some viable NBA players. I mean, I really like Vanderbilt a lot. I think that guy's a really, really good player. Hachimura comes over. He's a solid player as well. Beasley. It's just, you look at it now, Michael, and it's like eight, nine deep. You can actually play like NBA players eight or nine deep, and I think that's going to make a huge difference the rest of the way. Yeah, no question about it. If LeBron somehow is having an off night or Anthony Davis, he's got enough veterans and enough depth now, enough versatility. Uh, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker coming off the bench, Vanderbilt. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is a good pick-and-roll type guy, pick-and-floater and that kind of stuff, so pick-and-lobs. So the Lakers are one of the deepest teams in the league now after those trades. No, no doubt about it. Now, let me ask you, i got to ask you about Anthony Davis because I've never been able to figure – figure him out uh he just can be as dominant as he can be and then some games he just doesn't seem to get into the action and I don't know if I'll include last game because he had some massive blocks at the end uh that he got into the action and he had a lot of rebounds he had 15 boards rebounds. Or something. Yeah. yeah but he did he did never really was really into the flow of the game what do you make of him is he can, can he be like a guy that carries carries a team I mean I guess I shouldn't ask because I saw that beginning of the year he was that guy how can you get that more consistently Man, you saw it when he was in New Orleans. He carried that team. You remember that series he had against the Warriors when they went up in the second round? He averaged like 40 points a game. So, yeah, he can definitely carry a team. He's proven that before. He's seen it before. And uh, during a stretch this year, he was the best player in the league. And then he got hurt. He was averaging like 40-something a game over like a 10-day stretch. So, he's very capable of doing that. And as you saw, okay, he had an off offensive game. Like Everybody has that. But he was still affect the game with rebounding and defense, uh, which he did on Saturday. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Michael Thompson on the UMA guest line here. Uh, Warriors uh, lost to the Lakers on Saturday. What, what do you make of this this Warriors roster situation here? Because Tom and I were thinking, you know, going into the deadline, that if you had to move on from somebody or you wanted to go get somebody to add to the, the depth of this bench or to this lineup, you were going to have to move a guy like James Wiseman. They didn't get a whole bunch back for him. They do get Gary Payton the second. What a, what a cluster mess that was uh, over the weekend and, uh, and around deadline time. But I just don't know that this roster got a whole lot better, especially now not even having Gary Payton for the next couple of months. Well, they got smaller, that's for sure. And <laughs> size is going to be a problem in the, in the playoffs because, you know, things slow down. And you're looking at guys like people like Denver, Memphis, mm-hmm. Sacramento. Everybody's got big guys up front that can just pound the glass or and get into the paint and, and create problems. Uh, Phoenix has DeAndre Ayton, so uh, the Warriors better shoot the ball well in the playoffs because their lack of rebounding and giving up second-chance points is going to be a problem. Uh, where did, uh, or how much did Dallas help themselves with Kyrie and what's the ceiling for them, you think? And then Phoenix with Kevin Durant. How do you look at both those two teams now going forward? Well, as we all know, Kyrie's a special player. He's the best one-on-one player in the game. And Dallas, it all depends on Luka. Is Luka content at crunch time, last two or three minutes, to be on the weak side watching Kyrie facilitate everything, watching Kyrie do his thing. And sometimes it'll be Luka. But sometimes it'll be Kyrie, and if Lucas content with just being a role player 
at the end of the games, I guess they can make it work. And sometimes Kyrie, of course, Kyrie's used to playing off of someone because he had to he had to uh, defer to LeBron James. Uh, but he was a very young player at the time, and LeBron is, is still the icon. So Kyrie said, okay, yeah, that's LeBron James. I'll defer to him. But will Kyrie defer, be willing to defer to Luka as good as Luka is at the end of games? That's yet to be seen. Yeah. And what about Phoenix? Oh, Phoenix is like, hey, what a, what a stupid question. <laughs> well, I'm not, what do you mean, what a stupid question? <laughs> no no offense, Tom. You know we love no you. Offense. Hey, no offense. You remember, remember the last team in the West who added Kevin Durant? How did that work out? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, so what I'm, gonna, what I'm saying is you Warrior fans, Warrior fans know you added Kevin Durant to an already talented team, and they are the favorites to come out of the West. I mean, they've got three guys now who can finish with the best of them. Chris Paul is one of the best finishers, knocking out clutch shots in the mid-range. And, of course, Booker is special. And we don't have to mention Kevin Durant, what he can do when the game's on the line. So Phoenix, dangerous, dangerous team. And you don't have to worry so much about depth, Tom, because, as you know, back in our day, we played in the playoffs. You played with eight guys. You can survive with eight guys in the rotation and, and go a long way. So Phoenix is the team to beat as far as I'm concerned right now. I was going to ask you now, about was that. that, that hard? Ahead, was, was that that hard? You could have done that without slandering me. I mean, you, you, you I really know, could have. You yeah, could have. It's like, it's like if you add uh, Michael Jordan you know, so, or Kobe, say, what do you think of that trade? Uh, I think that's pretty good. You can add a player like a Kevin Durant. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's a pretty good trade. I know hoops. I was asking your thoughts. Anyway, move on. The the, the, the depth <laughs> question, though, that's what, I think that's what Tom was getting at, the depth. Like, if this happens at the beginning of the year, obviously we think they're title contenders, and we, we probably thought the Suns were anyway entering this year. They were uh, they have been a force for the last few years. But if you had a guy like that this, this time of year and you mortgage your depth to do that, is this the time of the year you can get away with that because you only need seven or eight guys down the stretch? Oh, definitely. You can get away with it because you don't have to be 10, 11 deep. Because everybody's minutes in the playoffs are going to go way up anyway. You're not going to play Kevin Durant 32 minutes in the playoffs. He's going to have to 38 minutes as long as he's not in foul trouble. Same thing for Booker. Same thing for the old man, uh, Chris Paul, who can manage 35 a game because the game's going to slow down. And, of course, uh, you still got that big boy from the Bahamas in the middle, DeAndre Ayton, who's one of the best centers and who can give you 30, 30 points. So, yeah, you don't have to worry so much about going. And Damian Lee's been great for Phoenix. All the Torrey Craig. So Phoenix has enough to go a long way as long as they stay healthy. Is there anything, having watched LeBron James as you have the last couple of years up close and, and personal, anything you've you, you, you found out about him as a person, as a player, uh, since you've been covering him with the Lakers, that you didn't know about him when he was playing for the Heat or the, uh, the Cavaliers? Well, being around him, because uh, when he was with the Cavs, when he was with the Heat, we weren't around him all the time. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't see him off the court, uh, going, just being around him on the planes or whatever. The guy's always, he's a true professional. He's always preparing, always prepared, always working. We didn't see that behind-the-scenes stuff when he's in Cleveland or Miami. But when you're around him, you see how hard he works. You see the work he puts in. As you know, Tom, to be playing at this level of 38, we've never seen this before in this kind of a physical sport, especially in basketball. We've seen guys play well into their late 30s and into their 40s, but never at this level. So, But LeBron puts the time in. He puts the work in. He's dedicated to his craft. And that's what you see when you're around him on a daily basis or around him game for game. You see how early he gets to the arena to get his work in. You see how he gets to the the weight room to go work out. Man, this guy is just a physical specimen because he works at it. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And we'll see that broken. Like, uh, you know, because of what the game's become from the time that Kareem played, because of where LeBron got to, the, the all-time scoring record, uh, you, know, w- you know, the number of games guys play nowadays, I just, I don't know that we'll ever see that happen again. You're right, because he's not done. He's, he's going to finish with 47,000 points. <laughs> and with the work he puts in, and now, Tom, with this stupid load management crap that guys yep. can't play 80 games anymore, Oh, 60 games, 65 games is too much on me. Oh, I can't take it. My body, oh, poor me. Come so, I don't think guys are going to play 80 games anymore. So, you're right. I don't think it, and, and put the work in like a bond has to stay in shape for 37, 30, 39, 40 years of age. So, you're right. He's going to set a record that's going to stand probably forever, like Cy Young's 511 wins. Yep, yep. Here's the crazy part, Michael, is – they're resting guys more. Guys don't play 78 games, 76 games anymore. They just don't. Yet they get hurt more than they ever used to. Like I if you're going to if you're going to have load management and you have all these trainers and you have dietitians and you have uh, a sleep doctors telling you like when to travel, when not to travel. I, I okay, I would get it if guys got hurt less, but they rest more and they get hurt more. Every game I look at, somebody's out of the game because they're either load managing, they ding their knee, their hammy, or their their, their ankle. So uh, that's what I want to ask them. What are you guys here for? I mean, why is everybody here and what are you guys doing if all these guys are getting hurt more than they ever did and you're still resting them? You know, you can get hurt. Obviously, serious injuries happen. Uh, we've seen it happen to players. Uh, but I'm not, we're not talking about serious, serious injuries. Guys sit out more, Tom. Back in our day, back in the in the old days, uh, when TV was still black and white and there were only three channels on, on our TVs, we used to play through <laughs> minor injuries because, you know, we were banged up. We were sore. We had sore ankles, twisted ankles. We would tape them up and play. But now uh, guys don't play through those same type of minor injuries anymore. They've given more leeway to sit out and to rest, where back in our day, even if we were sore and beat up and had a twisted knee, and we just wrap it up and go play, which maybe we were, we were stupid and dumb enough to do it, and the guys are a lot smarter today. But don't you think that leads to a a mindset that anytime something is just a little bit off, I'm not going to play my way through it, I'm just going to sit out? Yeah, for some guys. Some guys are tough, and they'll tough it out, and they'll play through the minor injuries. But you're right, some guys will use that excuse or that reason to not play that night or to take a few games off because – they tweak something and something just isn't quite 100%. Maybe they feel 87 88%, and that's not enough to go play. But back in the old days, uh, I played with a lot of sprains and twists, and I know a lot of other guys did too. But nowadays, they, you know, they, they considered you and me Neanderthals. Nowadays, guys are much smarter about taking care of their bodies. There's so much more money at stake too. Everybody wants to be a brand. Every team's got such a big investment in these players. Like Tom and I were talking about how we have to recalibrate like what bench players make. Because you look at salaries now and you go, man, that guy's making that much money. You go, well, I guess for what the superstars are making relative to that, it's kind of where we were 10 years ago. But, you know, it's all relative. I came yeah, to make yeah. $250,000 a year, and today that's still good money. And I'll think about the guys 10 years before me, 15 years before me, who most they probably made was 25000 a year. So it's right. all relative. And, and I'm all four players making as much as they can because everybody's making money. 
No doubt. Uh, before I let you go, I wanted to get your thoughts on Denver because Denver is one of those teams that's kind of wire to wire in the Western Conference. But uh, you, you look at Denver and people, I don't know if people are necessarily scared of Denver if they haven't watched Denver this year. I mean, uh, KCP and Bruce Brown, I think, give them a little bit of toughness and Jokic is Jokic. But they, they're healthy. They just haven't done it in the past. They haven't had that run in the playoffs except for the bubble, which I'm not even sure I count because uh, they went to the Clippers, and the Clippers laid down on them. So what do, you, what do you think of them? Is this a different team this year? Like you look at them and go, hey, if you're not if you're not nervous having to go to Denver and win games, you're not watching them. Or do you look at Denver and say, eh, they're still Denver. No one's, no, no one's afraid of them. No, they're legit. They've got a lot of talent. They're led by possibly maybe the three-time-in-a-row MVP. And Jamal Murray's back now. He looks like he's back to being Jamal Murray. And uh, Michael Porter, if he can stay healthy yep. and he can get some consistency from three, yeah, Denver's for real. What they're doing is no, no uh, mirage. That's, that's the real deal in Denver. All right, what do we got on the uh, the the TV today? What what, what Hallmark movie are we watching? <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I thought you'd never ask. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. There's a dash of love that I'm getting ready to tape. This, which is an aspiring chef. Okay. He first uh, befriends the handsome executive chef, and then eventually falls in love with him. You know, eventually they don't get along. There's Valentine's Ever After, since Valentine's Day is coming up. Two city yep. girls who are sentenced to community service in a small town, and one of them <laughs> falls in love with a guy at the community center, obviously. There's also the, there's also the royal matchmaker, a struggling okay. matchmaker who's, okay. who's uh, lived who's uh, hired by the king of a small European country to find uh, the heir to the throne, a suitable wife, and she ends up being the perfect wife for him. How about that? And then of course, what? Oh, what? No, that's, com- that's coming to America in what reverse. That's that's I've seen that movie. You know, that's right. And yeah. then, uh, then, then lastly, I'm going to take Love Blossoms, a perfume maker. She falls for the botanist with an uncanny sense of smell. Oh no! Look at that. <laughs> that's how you get them to smell. You get that uncanny sense of smell. Women love that. Yeah. How in the that's world right. do you pick- how in the world do you find time in your schedule to actually watch basketball? Well, you know, basketball's uh, somewhere down the right line. I'll do, I'll do it, but I'll get to it eventually after the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you will. <laughs> the best. Hey, Michael, we always appreciate the time. It's always great catching up with you. I'm sure we'll run into each other. Who knows? Maybe we'll run into each other during the during the playoffs this year. But uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Uh, hope you're well. Hope you're feeling good. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Tommy. And my only suggestion to you, Tommy, Adam, and maybe you could help him with this project. Let me give you some homework. Why don't you Google Kevin Durant and see how things work out? Uh, why don't you shut up and go watch your movies, okay? Dash, Dash of Love right. is waiting, Michael. Dash of yeah, Love. Dash of Love is, love right. is waiting. <laughs> see you later, man. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> Michael Thompson, coming up, we'll continue on right here on the Sports Leader. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.